Hey y'all, welcome to the second installation of the Pivot to Profit series. I am your host, Imani Stewart-Jackson, lead innovation consultant over here at Imani Inspires, Sendeo Creative, going through a branding uh, change at the end of the year. But that's really what you have been able to find me on, on Instagram, on the World Wide Web, and all those good things. So I am so excited to talk about your customer. Really, this is my favorite thing to talk about. Um, I really didn't realize it was my favorite thing to talk about until I really started to do really some self-work and realization and undoing and really getting at the root of what makes me go, what makes me tick, what can I do effortlessly, uh, what have I been doing effortlessly, um, to help people and, you know, just always fine tuning my purpose and making sure that I'm walking um, in the path that God has set out for me. So with that being said, I have been obsessed with customer journeys since I was in middle school. So I'm from Philadelphia. I went to public school from kindergarten to eighth grade. Shout out to everybody from John Story Jinx, everybody from Uptown. And it was a great school. We had a crazy science teacher named Mrs. Young. She was very, very, very stern. Um, A great science teacher, though. And she always encouraged um, some of us to um, enter in the science fair. Well, we had to do a science fair project in seventh and eighth grade school-wide and she always entered and encouraged the ones that were really good to enter in the city-wide science fair. Ironically enough, it was actually called the George Washington Carver Science Fair, which is interesting being from a city like Philadelphia. And there are so many other or there are so many white scientists that they could have chosen to um, name the science fair after, like uh, Ben Franklin I mean, it could have been anybody, but kudos to them nonetheless. So back to my story, I competed in the customer behavior category. The first project I did in seventh grade, I believe it was to see if diapers, which diaper absorbed the best. Um... At that time, my granny, my little sister was like five or six and she had been out of diapers. But, you know, I was very hands on in her upbringing. So it always baffled me. And I always thought about, you know, which diapers actually did absorb the best. Um, I think I placed maybe second, second place that year. I think Driana placed third. Uh, Driana is my best friend, if you don't know. So... Yeah, and then the next year I actually went on to my project was um, about fingerprints. And if you could really tell by someone's fingerprints if they were related. Stops for coffee. Okay. Um, I, I've always been newsy. Um, I've liked forensic science. Um you know, everybody's a SVU detective. So 
Um, I just really wanted to see if, see if there was a comparison. If you know, you could tell by my mom's fingerprints, my sister's fingerprints, if they were similarly related. So that was really like my first stab at understanding customers, seeing if they were really getting the value that businesses were proclaiming that they gave um, and just really figuring out things and picking up on patterns, which was the, the fingerprints. So uh, that was that was literally seventh and eighth grade. I went to a Catholic high school, blah, 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 blah. That was a very interesting experience. But um, 12th grade is when I decided and stumbled upon the profession of public relations and just doing things of impacts for the, the community, the public, being able to create pathways for the public to communicate with businesses, doing things. That's when I realized, you know, how important it is to listen to your, um, not just your inner voice, but the voices of those that are important to the cause. Um, and it's funny, I didn't mean to even say your voice at first, but it came out and that's really what should have come out. Before you can make any moves with your customer base and client base, you have to really check in with yourself um, and see what you really want and what you're really trying to get out of, of something and really examine who needs who needs you and what they really need. So in 12th grade, with the help of my friend Jordan and Elisa, who are both HBCU graduates, shout out to University of Maryland Eastern Shore and Howard, um, we put together a step show fundraiser. So we went to this really white Catholic school and we didn't have any representation. We had a bomb ass step team, but you know, that's all we were known for, like stepping and, you know, just the most blackest thing, which was cool. But we also had an actual club component of it that didn't get any play. And I remember um, talking to my friends about me wanting to run and we had this meeting <laughs> and my girlfriend, Janae, is like, well, Monty is basically the only one that wants to do it. So Monty's president and like, who's next? Like, what else we doing here? Because she's the only one um, that wants it. And I have no idea why that stuck out to me. But looking back, it was really pivotal. So we planned a step show, right? Um, <laughs> we planned a step show. We wanted to raise money because we also ain't have any like money in our little bank account to be able like to do anything. So we decided to do a step show, assign everybody like potluck, like potluck style as far as the step team. Um, you know, two people were assigned greens, people were assigned chicken, dessert, and all of that. So that's how we funded getting the food and then we sold tickets for seven dollars so they came down um in the cafeteria they had food and then we went upstairs and they had a step show 
cool point about that is our advisor, Miss Sellers, was um well is um a part of Alpha Kappa Alpha so, uh saturnity making up my own words sorority incorporated so she was able to really get the steps like like you know black it was really hbcu college vibes up in mcdevitt fall 2007 um so we um <laughs> I got sidetracked because my phone just started playing my podcast. It was very weird. So hopefully that doesn't come up in the recording because I'm not going to edit it. But anyway, <laughs> um, so the really dope part about it was that half of the money that we raised, and we raised about $1,400, um, went to Mothers in Charge, which is an organization in Philadelphia that helps support um, fam- mothers and families that have been affected by gun violence in the city and they basically lobby for stricter and better gun laws um, and we got that connection because my my friend Jordan who helped plan his brother was taken um, from us far too early and his mom had become a part of the organization so um that's what we did and the three of us put together this event and i really started to be like yo i can do this i found public relations in the um in the college board like book of majors and i was like bet and then i looked in hampton like my dream school my top school had that as a major it was just like it was honestly destined um so I went to Hampton the following fall and I minored in marketing. So of course, as you know, marketing, I learned a lot about um, consumer behavior, advertising, and really what makes customers go. Um, I had an event planning class as well. And shout out to my mentor, MG and she, you know, gave me another vantage point of serving customers through um, event spaces and events and what does that look like creating an experience. So I had all these different ends of the spectrum of consumer experience over my life, right? So then we fast forward, you know, I've, I've done marketing, I've been in entrepreneurship and, you know, two years ago when I started my journey um, at Temple at grad school, I knew that my customers needed something. My own customers and clients needed something. And what I realized what they needed was they knew where they were. They were very aware of where they were. And they knew and they remember the glimpse that God gave them of where they were going but they didn't know how to build the bridge from point A to point B. So I was like, all right, bet I know how I have built the bridge for myself, but I know that there is more that I need to learn and gather um, and bring back to my community of black entrepreneurs because I just knew us and I knew what we needed. And like you've heard for the past 11 minutes, I have always had an interest of how do you best service clients and customers? How do you create 
an experience like what do people really go through and always making sure that what you're saying and who you're portraying and projecting to be is who you actually are so i was like all right but my my people my black entrepreneurs we need strategies and systems like we need access black people regardless of what you're talking, like what, what lane we're in, and we're not even going to talk about black versus white, black people versus the government. We already know the odds that we are up against. But the only way we're going to get over this collectively is that we have and know, at least know of the tools and resources that others use to propel themselves and their businesses and their communities and implement it. So... That's why this little black girl went back to school um, and I found a great program. And it's crazy because I had looked everywhere but Temple um, for graduate school. And I really didn't even think about even going back to school for business when I was entertained with the idea of going back to school like four years ago. So it was crazy how just being patient with your process will get you exactly where you need to be. But that's back in the mindset um, episode, last episode. So I went to Temple's Fox School of Business and I entered into their innovation um, management and entrepreneurship program. And it wasn't because I wanted to be an entrepreneur because uh, I already was one and understood that, <laughs> you know, you need grit and you can't buy grit. But I went back because I needed to understand the tools and resources to one, improve my business and then duplicate it with other people. So the innovation management program was ideal. And innovation is literally just a nice, fancy keyword buzzword that is used for change. Innovation is change. It, 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 that's all it is, is change. And why there is such a emphasis on innovation is because we live in the tech age. Everything is run by tech and tech changes very, very rapidly. So innovation is just how can you leverage technology um, to really get you to your goals ethically um, and faster, by, but still having an impact, right? So when we talk about innovation and, you know, I know what probably came up in your mind is Imani. Okay, innovation is change, but how do I know what to change? And I'm always talking about, you know, helping people increase their profits and um, have more time in their business. But then people are like, okay, well, how do you actually do that? And it's your customer. Any problem that you have in business for the most part can be traced back to your customer or looking at their process and experience. So one thing that I always suggest for people to do is think about the customer journey. What even leads people to needing to find your business? People come seeking me out because they're not clear on their next steps and they know that they lack the confidence to execute. So getting clear about why people actually come to you can help you get clear and identify if you are even helping them in the right way. 
it might identify that you need to improve a business practice. Let's say that most of your customer base, okay, let me take a step back. I just posed to you looking at what causes clients to even seek you out. So let's say most of your clients find you on social media um, because they are looking for weight loss tips. You know that a lot of people come to social media seeking out exercise routines, um, eating tips and tricks, hacks, um, ways to meal plan, just basically life hacks around this. So let's say you are a fitness and health coach and you do personal training. You know that people come to the internet looking for it, looking on Instagram for these things. You have also noticed that every time you post, you get an inquiry. You've noticed that three out of the five inquiries become clients, right? But you also know that you think of your social media while you're sitting on the toilet. You're like, oh, damn, I ain't post on social media. Let me think of a picture, grab a caption and go, right? And you don't do it consistently, but you know that every time you do it, it has good results, right? So looking at that one piece of your customer journey of how they even find you can help you think of ways to improve your business practices. And if that resonates with you, the improvement would be, well, I need to find a way to post my social media content more. I need to possibly find somebody else to do it. Um, Another example of looking at your customer journey and finding ways to pivot is let's say one thing I always tell my clients to do is to list all their ideal clients' pain points. My ideal client is a black woman entrepreneur who has a service-based business, who um, usually has a partner or significant other, has children or her family um, heavily relies on her, is a nine to fiver, um, but is seen as an overachiever, always is the go-to person, but feels stuck because she doesn't know what to do in business, right? Knowing and listing out all of her pain points, I am able to see how I can help her overall, like just stay on task. And it could open up another revenue stream for me. So I guess I could use, I'll use my myself as an example. Um, and here's the shameless plug. I created the Faith and Fear Journal for Black women entrepreneurs because I realized, myself included, that we needed affirmations daily. We needed a space to process some of our feelings. And we needed... Um, a place for gratitude. So I literally created a 60-day journal for those three things, right? But it's because I knew what my customer needed. So instead of like trying to get more customers and clients and going wider, I went deeper. How can I better serve, or here's the question for you, 
How can you better serve your clients on a deeper level? One of the best things that I ever learned at Hampton in my marketing class was that 80% of revenue comes from 20% of loyal customers. So sometimes we get caught up and we're always trying to get a new client, get a new customer that we bypass the fact that we already have a solid base of people that support us in our business. So instead of spending efforts all the time of trying to go out and get new clients and customers, think of ways that you can serve them on a deeper level and make more impact. And how you figure out how to serve them on a deeper level and make more impact is that you list all of their pain points. When you list all of their pain points, all of them, head to toe, everything that they deal with in work, in their relationships with their kids, with their mamas, with their daddies, with their they, they siblings that don't act right, with their cousins that don't act right, with taking their auntie grocery shopping, everything that they have to do, all of their pain points, list them all out. Then you're going to go back and for some of them, the pain points you actually address, that is your business, right? So I would put a green light between those on those then look at the ones that the pain points that you don't help but you possibly could help you can use like a yellow marker or i know schools back in session still one of y'all's kids crayons or markers and indicate green yellow and then red are just ones that are there pain points and you can be aware of, but they're not ones that you necessarily solve. For another example, um, I've used this before, is if you are a hairstylist, a hairdresser, any type of like service-based business for black women, right? We know that we are busy, hella busy. We are everything to everybody. <laughs> but we also know that black women spend money on their self-care. We like to look good, like nails, feet done, hair done, before this all quarantine stuff, <laughs> you know, we black women like looking good and black women are also the queens of when I don't feel good on the inside. Oh, baby, I'm going to get done up on the outside to make myself feel better. Right. So with all that being said, let's say if you're you're a hairstylist, right, you need hairstylists often complain about having steady income. Um, and. Black women also, the other coin of them being everything to everybody, sometimes they don't prioritize their self-care and they go too long without getting their hair done or their lashes done. So a win-win situation would be, hey, maybe you need to offer a subscription service so women don't necessarily even have to think about scheduling their self-care is automatically done. They have a recurring appointment or even the recurring payment monthly will um, incentivize them more, a tongue twister, to actually schedule the appointment so their money won't be wasted. Then this is a way for you to have predictable income. So that's one of my favorite examples of a way to innovate and pivot your business to increase your profit by looking at your customer journey. So that was my first point. The other points don't um, go that deep. The second one is customer feedback. A lot of times we get customer feedback, but we don't have it in writing. 
the simplest and easiest way to do that is to create a Google form, which people can reply to anonymously so they can give you, you know, honest feedback and don't feel any way about it. Um, and you can ask, you can have all types of open-ended questions, polls, what they would like to see more, like any anything you can think of, Google Forms will allow you to ask and format. And the good thing about customer feedback is one, you always want feedback and testimonials to post on your website, to post on social media, um, Always, 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 always. Social proof is like gold. Y'all know that. Like black people are the kings and queens of that. We are always like going to our family and friends of, well, who you know that does this or give me a good person, right? So it's always important to get feedback. You also want feedback, like I said, to use on your website, but also to just test the temperature. Even if you know you are doing a good job, Customers like to know that you care and that you are always trying to improve their experience and journey. Um, It's also a good way to conduct market research. You know, my clients, as I grow, my clients grow. So my, like, I have one client that I worked with and I did marketing with like two years ago and she has grown. So her her needs now aren't her needs two years ago. And I asked her what her needs were two years ago, but it's important as we go that we always ask what their needs are and just really um, check the temperature of our clients and customers because one, they will always tell us what we're doing good, what we're doing bad, what can improve, and they usually know what they need best. Now, why I say usually is because sometimes customers um, think that they need something on the surface, but it's really something deeper. Like someone for working out might say, oh, well, I need a trainer. Like, mm, no, you really need accountability and meal prep, you know? So it's good to um, always get their feedback and what they need, but then be able to dissect it because you're an expert in your field. I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you are. And you can be able to dissect it to understand really what is the pain point. The pain point usually isn't what is on the surface. So that's why I always encourage customer feedback. Because like I said, always for testimonials, for pivoting purposes, um, to check the temperature and like I said, just again, for like pivoting purposes. And sometimes this is the one point I will add about that. Businesses change things without even asking their customers how they even feel about the change. So two examples that come to mind is Tropicana changing their packaging. And it really had an adverse effect on them because people couldn't then locate Tropicana and it caused them to be frustrated. Also, ConvertKit, which is a email marketing service, um, they changed their name like a year and a half ago, maybe a year, maybe about a year to 18 months ago. And their clients and customers made such a stink about it. I think they changed the name back within that month. 
So sometimes you think, and that goes, like I said, about customers not really understanding what their true pain point is, just knowing what the surface is, that goes for you too. So that's why it's always important to ask for feedback because you might think that this is what the problem is, but when you open the door for communication, you get feedback um, on what is really the problem and you can save unnecessary decisions and waste of money by changing things that don't need to be changed. Um, I actually went out of order and see that I already um, talked about going deeper and not wider when it comes to servicing your clients. And the last thing I want to talk about is building a customer-centric strategy. So I know for a lot of us, most of my listeners are Black. So back in June with all of the protests after... Um, the umpteenth unjust murder of a black person on this here soil. Um, every company was like, black lives matter. We are with you. And it all felt performative because it was. So I use that example because black people felt um, <laughs> like we were an afterthought. And it didn't feel good. It didn't feel genuine. And we could tell it definitely wasn't authentic because you all had plenty of time to say that Black Lives Matter and stand in solidarity with us. But you didn't because it was an afterthought. So don't let your customer be an afterthought when you are changing and pivoting and innovating your business. Your customer, no matter how much they get on your nerves sometimes, no matter how much you have to set boundaries, your customer is the reason why you are in business. They are the heartbeat of your business. So it's imperative that you always check the pulse of your customers and see how they're feeling when it comes to anything that you want to move and change in your business. Because they often can honestly bring a better suggestion. So I've ran my mouth long enough, but like I said, I really love breaking down your customer journey and identifying really better what they need. I'm super excited to be working with entrepreneurs and Black businesses within my Pivot to Profit Accelerator which is a one-on-one virtual or in-person intensive with me where we take a deep dive into your mindset, into your customer journey, and we really figure out a strategy um, to, to really get it done based off of your needs and the needs of your clients. And the best part about it is I help you figure out the systems and the things you need to delegate to help it run smoothly so you don't work yourself half to death because it's not cool having all the money you want but being too tired to enjoy it. So for more information about the Pivot to Profit program, you can visit www.imaniinspires.com backslash pivot, the number two profit. See y'all in the next installment.